This is a national emergency. Detonator's charged. Hello, you are listening to Off Radar, It's a Movie Podcast. I'm James Smith, a professional film and video editor. I'm James Etock, a freelance writer and illustrator specialising in 1980s cartoons. And I'm Neil Brock, aka Nige, the man with two names, former film journalist and currently working in the games industry. Each week, one of us picks a movie that all three of us either haven't seen in many years or in some cases haven't seen at all. We each watch the chosen movie, return to the microphone and let you all know exactly what we thought of it. I'd never really had any interest in watching it and I was proved absolutely right. I I think it's amazing. I really, really love this film. The film's still a pile of steaming dog shit. If you fancy joining in and suggesting a movie for us to watch, why not tweet us at OffRadarPodcast or email us on OffRadarPod at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, share, and by all means, leave a review. For now, strap in, turn the volume up, and let's go Off Radar. Hello, and welcome back to Off Radar. I'm James Smith, and today I am not joined by Neil Brock, nor James Etock. James Etock's away in the US, um, having a film made about him uh, called Faking Filmation. And Neil Brock has not seen this film either. So I'm going solo, which might be weird. So forgive me. But yesterday I went to the cinema to see Oppenheimer. And I just wanted to give you guys a kind of see it or skip it Uh, opinion on this film the film won't have spoilers i guess firstly you know this is obviously off the back of the whole barbenheimer marketing hype craze that has gone a little bit crazy christopher nolan is obviously uh written and directed oppenheimer at the box office which everyone seems you know quite excited about uh this film has done over 400 million dollars on friday the 4th of august this is and barbie over 700 wow so between the two of them uh, over a billion which is kind of crazy really so who would have thought that mission impossible and indiana jones were not the films that we're talking about this year but barb and Heimer would be uh, mainly because of the marketing but also two original stories, two original scripts rather than a franchise or a Marvel film or a Star Wars film or a, you know, you know what I'm getting at. Two original scripts, which is really great for cinema, but hopefully Hollywood and the studios will, you know, use this kind of revenue to invest in new scripts and stories and the indie kind of scene. However, I think we're just going to get Barbie 2, aren't we, Uh, in a couple of years. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Uh, Oppenheimer. Yeah, so I thought I'm going to book in to go to the IMAX and watch it because that is how Christopher Nolan shot this film on 70mm film specifically for the IMAX, which is incredibly indulgent considering most people will not see this film on the IMAX uh, some will even see it on a small screen and I dread to think if anyone watches it on their phone but I couldn't get tickets because the IMAX is completely sold out and I just saw a thread saying that tickets for the IMAX on Craigslist which I presume is probably more in the US are going for a thousand dollars which is insane for a film but I personally I haven't seen on the IMAX 
Do you need to see it on the IMAX? Probably not. You could probably go to a normal cinema and get a hell of a lot out of it. So I would say you should go and see this at the cinema if you're going to watch this film. Do not wait for streaming or buying it on Blu-ray unless you've got a home cinema with incredible sound because you will miss some of that wow factor. But not only that, there's a lot of dialogue in this film. There is a lot of talking and you will definitely miss it if you go make a cup of tea if you even look away from the screen for a second there is so much to absorb and take in so what's it about well robert oppenheimer is a scientist and he is kind of enlisted with a team of like almost like the best scientists in the world to design and develop the atomic bomb and at the time they kind of start this it's uh, when world war ii is kind of breaking out and they're kind of doing it in this like almost like this race against uh, the nazis but as it continues like yeah war ends and uh, yeah anyway the story is the story most people will know that however i did not know a lot about it and the way nolan tells it is through these kind of three interweaving timelines so one is set where he's kind of at uni, setting up the facility, etc. One in this small dingy room where he's kind of given accounts of uh, what happened. So I guess like in the kind of future and in a courtroom. Um, and with these timelines, we have various flashbacks, which at times can be a little bit confusing. And especially in that first hour I found of the film, we're flashing around quite a lot and you're like, okay, wh- where am I now? Where does this kind of fit in this kind of Nolan Oppenheimer universe that he is creating? And in typical kind of Nolan style, he uses kind of the music and imagery to break up these timelines. So at times it can feel quite disconcerting. So Killian Murphy plays Robert Oppenheimer and I've got to say this is probably one of his best performances that I've seen him in his eyes do so much with this film but his character has this sense of hubris and this kind of arrogance but also as the film goes on he does show conflict and regret and confusion about why and what he is doing whereas in the beginning he is just a scientist he is just part of a cog but also his kind of kind of contrast with Emily Blunt's character who is clearly an alcoholic she's going off the rails uh, she's struggling to kind of bring up the kids to two kids while he is a womanizer and he's off seeing other, other women and one which he kind of starts having this very romantic uh, relationship with uh, played by Florence Pugh which is a really interesting uh, kind of thread So the other thing I wanted to talk about was the music, the sound effects and the VFX, which are all massively important in this film. So the music, first of all, was uh, composed by a Swedish composer called Ludwig Göransson. Apologies for the uh, pronunciation. And he uh, worked with Nolan on Tenet, um, which is very obvious also quite Hans Zimmerish lots of violins some drones like all of that kind of thing but he's also worked on Black Panther films and the Creed films so he's becoming a massive part of Hollywood um, and he's kind of broken into these very different genres which is really interesting um, the music is kind of and the sound effects are kind of played throughout the whole film at times it feels like you know I'm hearing a, a score for like 
30 minutes and there's talking which is quite unusual sometimes i struggle to hear what the uh, dialogue is um not to the extent of tenet where i had to turn the subtitles on but to the point where it it does clash a little bit where you're kind of listening out for the music going oh this is really good but it's a dialogue heavy film there is so much talking in this film you do think just settle down just stop the music give it a breather let me understand what's going on here which at times can be hard to know because it's so complex as in the detail of the story that Nolan is telling but also the uh, the way he tells it jump in between these timelines he does this through these absolutely mesmerizing brilliant VFX um, in true Nolan style like little kind of flickers and like moves and distortions when like Oppenheimer is thinking or the scene itself with the actual explosion which goes silent and it's just beautiful um so yeah these three components are kind of key in any nolan film but actually just as much in oppenheimer as you've seen in tenor and in inception and interstellar so yeah he kind of uses that really well um but yeah for me like the first hour of this film is um jumps about so much that i was quite confused however i was really enthralled the second hour of this film was i felt where this film came to life it is that that moment where they kind of do the test and uh, but also the lead up to that and that it felt like the characters you really get to know the characters in the second hour the third hour i feel let it down a bit because without giving anything away i won't give you any spoilers but it does feel like there's so much kind of content in this film that i did find myself getting a bit lost there's also this kind of weird kind of thread with albert einstein and that's really interesting but for me albert einstein feels like a caricature in this film and what i mean by that is i've seen it done so many times in like family guy episodes and stuff like that that for me his character is i couldn't take his character seriously and that's ridiculous considering this is one of the greatest scientists that has ever lived um but really interesting nevertheless the relationship between the two of them and there are these question marks that nolan likes to you know drop in but for me like robert downey jr in this film he steals the show at times and i've got to be honest i didn't even realize it was him for a good 15 minutes the transformation he puts into the look in this film but also the acting you know i'm so used to him being this kind of marvel character for quite a long time um but we all know what a screen presence and brilliant actor he is as he's done in so many films but in this film it feels like i'm seeing robert downey jr who how i want to see him and my words i fully expect him to be up for best supporting actor next year at the oscars i'd, I'd be surprised if he didn't win it i think but for me overall this film I, uh, did i love it i didn't i didn't love it would i watch it again yes however there is a bit of a caveat i i think on a small screen i think this film will lose something and i think being totally immersed in this film is how this film is intended so i would highly recommend that you go and watch this at the cinema i guess if i had to give it a rating it'd probably be a 7.5 which is obviously quite high because i've, I've really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it overall um and I can't stop thinking about it. So it did make me think. It did make me feel, which so many films don't. And I would say that Nolan is back to form. I think, you know, Tenet was a 
total pile of mishap. Dunkirk, I wouldn't mind watching again, and his films before that, I, I think, were great. Overall, yeah, go and watch this film at the cinema. I don't think you'll regret it, but it is too long. There are moments when I had to look at my watch thinking, God, I really need a piss right now. However, I think it's worth it, and it's so refreshing that we're seeing an original story being celebrated at cinema again, and long may it continue. But I can perform this miracle. World War II would be over. Our boys would come home. That's happening, isn't it? The world will remember this day. Our work here will ensure a peace mankind has never seen. Until somebody builds a bigger one.